Hey everyone, and welcome to 121 in Flux. I'm Peter, that's Connor, and we, of course, talk about movies on this show, typically older movies. This one, not that old, because I'd argue if it's in our lifetimes, it's a contemporary film. But we're going back to 1999, because we're going to talk about The Iron Giant, which is an animated film, of course. You hadn't seen this before. I had not. I, I bought the Blu-ray a while ago, and I've been sitting on it, waiting for... Waiting to do it just for this show. Yeah, waiting, waiting for a good excuse. And uh, I have seen it before. In fact, not only have I seen it before, it is perhaps my favourite animated film. Well, at least 2D animated film. Arguably favourite in general. Uh, but I love it. It's, it's a favourite of mine. Uh, I have loved plan. it. I have loved it for a long time. Uh, it's been a little while since I watched it, but I was looking forward to watching it again. So we'll start spoiler free. As we uh, as we typically do, and I'll give you some warning before we get into spoilers. Before we start talking about you know later plot details and everything else, but uh, Iron Giant who comes comes out of the sky. It's set the story set in nineteen fifty seven. What I say fifties? It's in the fifties. Who cares? Definitely fifties. Yeah. yeah, whatever year it is, whatever. But it's in the fifties, and this young kid, or our main character is Hogarth, who is you know a typical young kid, but he's, he's kind of likeable, he's adventurous, he likes horror and science fiction stories and he goes out hunting what he thinks is a giant robot, because his imagination's running wild but then he actually runs into a giant robot, they, they kind of befriend and it's kind of about hiding him and they're hiding from this government agent who's like creeping around because he thinks there's actually something to find and he sort of befriends the junkyard guy who kind of becomes like an ally and he obviously his mother's the main character and all this uh, and it's all kind of being secretive and then kind of like what is the Iron Giant? You know, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? That kind of thing. Well, you hadn't seen this before so I'm curious, did you enjoy the Iron Giant? I did, very much. You did? Cool. Yeah. Whenever I asked him that question, he goes on for about five minutes. I was not prepared for you to just go, "Yeah, I did." Well, I think, I think you know, so, you know, we'll get into the why when we yeah. talk about why. But yeah, you know, straight to the point. Did I like it? Yes. You can rest easy. You don't need to worry about this being a fight. <sighs> I don't want it anyway. Let's be honest. <laughs> but uh, no, well, that was good. Good to hear. I just, um, why is it so good? What what what, what does make it? Uh, great what, what does it make it one of my favorites it's a lot of it i mean a lot of it i think the characters are good i think i think the animation's good uh but at its core it's it thematically speaks to a lot of things that i like uh mm-hmm. and it's also a very it's, it's a brad bird film of course he directed it and his sort of message of optimism and hope is very much sort of lined throughout it and it's about like we can be better than what what we sometimes are like that, that's yeah. kind of the core idea of it. It's like it's choosing to be a better person. I think it's emotional. There's a couple of moments towards the end that I pretty much always tear up whenever I get to them. Okay, don't think it hit me quite that hard. Yeah, but because you're a soulless ginger, so we've established that, that many that, a time. That's fair. Established yeah. that many a time. Uh, so I think that's good. I think the music's really good. I think. Uh, Actually, I really appreciate that it's a 2.35 to 1, because very few 2D animated films are in that ratio, because for whatever reason, they, they, they just typically always went to the... I, I guess the way they looked at it is that it's more to animate, because it's more on the sides. Yeah, yeah, so, probably. So that's probably why they, they typically aren't, and it's probably why even CG animated films these days typically are not that... It's just ratio. easier, isn't it? Uh, don't get me wrong, I think there's, there's definitely some, but more yeah. often than not, I, I think the thing is, you look at it and it kind of just gives it a level of prestige almost. 
It you does. just go, oh, this is a real film. It's cinematic. That's just why that's why directors like that ratio. Right, know, exactly. It's, kind of, it. it's it's become just synonymous with you know film. So you, you look at it yeah. and you go, oh, this is this has got prestige to it. You do get uh, obviously some directors who prefer various other things. Like you, you get the odd weirdo director who prefers four by three. Like no, I like a square, like a good solid square. I know that's wide nonsense. Yeah. Uh, just like you get Strange. directors who like to shoot in black and white and so on. Like everyone's got their own own thing. Majority of directors definitely like to shoot white, and this, this and I'd forgotten it was in this ratio when I started. I'm like, oh, is this this this, this new? Like, did I always see this cropped back in the day? No, apparently I didn't. It was just I just forgotten, and uh, maybe it is because it is such a bizarre thing, which is me to think I remember it. But has it been a long time since you've seen it? It has been a while because there was a point where I said, "I'm not going to watch this again until it's available in HD," and that was. <laughs> That was a long wait. That was a long way ago because Iron Giant took a long time to get a Blu-ray. Took a long, long time. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it only came out, what, last year? <laughs> like, last year, yeah. yeah. That, I got it when it came out and I was pretty much waiting on it. And I, I like, th- That's why I didn't watch it before. And I think I made that choice in like 2010. So, go so, d- Does it still stand up as one of your favourites after this viewing? Oh, yeah. Easy. Yeah. Okay. Just Absolutely. Check. Absolutely easy. Uh, I like this more than... People love their 2D animated Disney movies. I like this more than all of them. Easy. I'd have to really think about it. I I, I will say, just to go on the... the, Specifically against Brad Bird, I I prefer The Incredibles still, I think, as as my favourite animated movie. Incredibles is good. It's not Iron Giant. I mean... Part of this might be though that I never saw this as a kid. I, you know, I'm seeing this today for the first time. Do you know? What? I get what you're saying there, but I actually I don't think I appreciated this movie until I was older. Like, I mean, I liked That's it when I, was, when I saw. It, I mean, I saw it when the year it came out, and I, I liked it because I was a kid. No, big robot, eh? Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't until I was like maybe seventeen, eighteen that I watched it again and really appreciate oh, no. what it did. Definitely, I, I think it's fantastic. It definitely. I just mean I have no prior nostalgia at all for it to, to lay back on. Hmm. It's funny you took a long time to watch this, actually, because it took me a long time to see The Incredibles. I mean, <laughs> it's, it? it's been a long time now since I've seen it, because it's, it's just it's been a long time. Uh, but I didn't see The Incredibles until, like... I, I, I think Up was already out by the time I saw Incredibles, to put it oh, into... Oh, that self. was, like, 2011? No, 2009. Nine? Yeah, it was 2009, because Wally was 2008, Up was 2009. All right, okay. Still, you know, a long time. Yeah, yeah, just, just to put it in perspective of Pixar's yeah. timeline. Uh, that, that's how I liked it to see Incredibles. And I liked Incredibles quite a bit. I don't think... Incredibles is arguably... Well, I wouldn't say it's more fun. There's a lot of fun in this, but I, I think... the point I was going to say Incredibles is more fun, but this one has more heart for me. I think this one's a lot of fun as well, but yeah. uh, it's just a different kind of fun uh, whereas Incredibles is kind of poking at the superhero genre like deliberately sort of poking at it and going yeah we're going to do all these superhero yeah, things yeah. and uh, this this is more about like I don't think Incredibles, Incredibles is cynical I still think it's very much a love letter to superheroes I feel like there is like an air of without getting too into the Incredibles I think it is cynical because it's essentially Watchmen to a point, kind, kind of, I wouldn't call it cynical, but I would say it's a deconstruction. Yes. All right. 
Whereas Iron Giant, I think, is not a deconstruction. Iron Giant is a no. This is why we love superheroes. Yeah, it's it's instead of deconstruction, it's inspired by. Yeah, this to me is more hopeful, and not not that I mean, Incredibles obviously isn't exactly a dark. It's not like you get to the end of Incredibles. Oh, this was so depressing. Oh my god, (laughs) everyone's dead. But (laughs) yeah, no, this this takes the message of superheroes and and makes the film from there. Whereas Incredibles looks at how to make a superhero story. Yeah, yeah, but Incredibles, of course, they actually are superheroes. Whereas no actual, there's no actual superheroes in this per se. It's just. Uh, it, it takes inspiration from those stories. It's very much inspired by a lot of those things, and uh, so so it speaks to me because I'm a fan of superheroes. I'm a fan of spe- one specific superhero, which I'll say for the spoilers, just in case you've not seen Iron Giant and you you don't know what I'm getting at there. I, I, I've often said Iron Giant is the best version, the the best movie about this superhero that we've had in a long time, and I still stand by that. <laughs> that we've had in a long time, yes, not ever. Definitely. I never not said ever. ever. No, no. I'm, I'm just when you started that sentence, I was like, "Okay, okay, where are you going with this?" No, no just in a long time. Yeah, no, I agree with that. In like decades, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know, uh, and that was even at the time. I met, well, yeah. we didn't we didn't have more yet, I suppose. But still, yeah. uh, whereas now I get to see that, and I'm I'm, I'm deliberately throwing a couple of films under the uh, bus. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, you're you're really throwing shade there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so no, it's a lot hard. And another thing I really like about this movie is obviously it's a one kid show because it's just Hogarth, but it's, it's very much got that kind of Goonie esque lead character who's the kid who's going on the adventure, and he he is kind of the heart of the movie because he, he's he's teaching the giant things, and he's he he, he has like the the innocence and the. For him, it's not even a question. Like everyone else is like, "Oh, should we be scared of this thing?" And he's like, "No, no." Like I got over that in like two minutes. Like as soon as. You know, yeah, yeah. Sure, I was scared initially because he's he's a hundred foot tall. He's a giant. I mean, you, if you want to nitpick at the movie, you could argue, you know, this this giant stays awfully well hidden for something that every time he took a footstep, my subwoofer was going. Yeah. <laughs> like what? No one was hearing this. Do you know what? Like I had a real problem with the volume. Of it. Not not a problem with the technical mm. side of it. Just the fact that the the dynamic range was so big because mm. the the the, the all the speech was at a very normal level and then every time he took a footstep it was like okay volume down <laughs> slay a night yeah i wasn't worried about the volume uh but i did t- i did turn my sub down because the rumbling was absolutely massive yeah yeah and, I, I had to knock that i had to knock that down as well uh because it was and the first thing was is as soon as i turned it down it's they stopped doing it as much like you know they didn't put as much oomph in it because he stopped being scary yeah so and I was like, wait, have I turned that down too much? Am I just not hearing anything now, or is it just they're, they're just not putting the oomph into every footstep? So it's anymore. a creative use of sound, that. It, no, it is. No, it's, it's, it, it's like how does it sound to to uh, Hogarth? I was just going Garth there, Hogarth. How, how does it sound to him? Kind of yeah. kind of idea. Uh, so it, it makes sense. But uh, no, so I, I, I like that focus of it. I like that kind of renegade kid who is actually doing something relatively important. And he's a smart kid. There's still kiddie elements to him. Like, you know, he, he wants attention. At one, at one point, he yells over, you know, watch this. And he's like, oh, this is for professionals only. And he, he jumps in the, the in the water in the lake. And it's, it's, there's a little kiddie elements to him. But he's yeah. also really smart and has a lot of... Plus, he likes staying up late and watching cheesy horror movies, which... Well, it's, well, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, like... Yeah. There's, there's very few more things this kid could do to be more relatable. <laughs> To me specifically, 
No, no, I see what you're saying. Like, likes robots, stays up late watching horror movies. I mean, give him a cat and he's like, <laughs> he's, he's like young me. Maybe some donuts. Maybe some donuts. It was in the Twinkies, though. I do like a Twinkie. It was, but it's no donut. No, 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 no. Especially if you get a donut with cream in it. Like fresh yeah. cream. Yeah, that's better. That's better than a Twinkie, but a Twinkie's good. Like, if yeah, you, it'll, it'll do in a pinch. If you don't have, have the option of a, an actual bakery, you have to buy something prepackaged. Yeah, Twinkie, no, Twinkie, that's fair. Twinkie goes well. But if you're in a bakery, oh, he's... <laughs> You've got a bouquet of <laughs> excellence to choose from. So, <laughs> and also, I really like the antagonist. Uh, what was his name? Agent um, Mansley, Kent Mansley. Uh, I think he's pretty hilarious, actually. In this, is, yeah. Uh, his like sticking his nose in it, trying to get to the bottom of everything, and he's sort of this power hungry guy who just wants to prove that he's worth something. Uh, like he, he's a lot of fun. Uh, I, his interactions with Hogarth, in particular, are pretty glorious yeah uh, so no I, I, I really like how it plays with the, the time period mm. like it plays with you know the the space race and uh, you know just the whole stuff with russia or, you know the the nuclear fear yeah the fear like, it's all there yeah. no it's, it's good it uses it certain well and again that adds into maybe the simpler time of like why the simpler idea of a superhero or the, the idea of being a good person it works even better because of the, the time period yeah um one thing I really liked was uh, how impressive the use of light was for 2D animation. Like, there's, there's scenes early on where Hogarth is out with a, a flashlight. Oh, yeah. I was questioning, like, that for a moment. Like, because obviously this is a a new remaster. Yeah, yeah. Like, so this is the signature like, it, edition. Yeah, I was like, did it always look like this? This is incredible. Uh, I'm pretty... I mean, it's been a while, admittedly, but I, I don't remember it not looking good. Well, <laughs> so. well I... I was I wanted to know what they'd added for the signature edition afterwards, so I just you know had a quick Google just to see what it was, and they didn't mention at any point any of the animation. So, Joe, you know it's funny as I didn't. There was only a couple of things, and I didn't notice them except one of the main thing that we'll talk about in spoilers because it's very specific. Uh, I did think during the scene, oh, I don't remember this, but I didn't know they'd added more scenes, so I just assumed I'd forgotten it. Yeah. Uh, until you mentioned what the changes were afterwards, so yeah. But uh, no, I love Iron Giant, so I think we'll go into spoilers so we can actually start d- digging through uh, digging through plot. Uh, yeah. So there you go, full spoilers from this point on for the Iron Giant, uh, of course, which had had Vin Diesel before he was famous in it. Yeah, voice of uh, voice of the giant himself. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't have much to do, but what he does is good. Would you say he has more or less than he does when he's doing Groot? I mean, he says less words overall, I think. I mean, I'm, I'm just assuming he speaks less times. Uh, no, that's probably true. I don't know, it, it's tough. I don't know, because cause I, well, I, when he's doing group, he's not just saying it once and then they're, they're you know, copy and pasting it. He's still got to do the different emotion, all the different bits. Sure, sure, but here he has to, like, at a certain point, does it almost not get easier being able to just say the same sentence but change the feeling behind it? No, that's possible. Someone someone should really ask him this. Someone probably has asked him this. But here's the thing, Groot, 
is emotional. Like, you know, he, he's supposed to change his inflections and stuff, where yeah. here he's voicing a robot, so he has to sound emotional without actually changing it. It's yeah. still got, yeah, no, I see your point. No, that probably is more difficult. I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying it's a definitive yes or no. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm pondering the question because, you know, it's two, two kind of famous voice It's, it's, it's amusing tracking his career just based off that, isn't it? Yeah, this was two years before Fast and Furious 1, so this was before anyone knew who he was. Right. And then seeing him do this and then, you know, come to Groot later on when, you know, when he's a, a thing already. Admittedly, though, you could, you, he had a small role in Saving Private Ryan one year before this, so you, you could see him in something. At least that I know of, off the top of my head. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm sure. But it, but, it, but it wasn't a name. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you could probably find, like, five appearances and small parts and things before this, but. That, that, that's the one that I know of. So, um, so yeah, let's talk about Superman because let's do it. That, that's it's is this great? So obviously he the giant realizes that he was trying to help. Hogarth was trying to help him because he, he's getting all electrocuted in the the, the plant because the giant eats metal. So he, he's trying he's eating the the power not the power not towers not the lines obviously, and he's you know trying to chew into them and he's getting all electrocuted, and they, they kind of befriend and he goes back to the house and he's hiding in the barn. And after some fun hijinks of like the hand creeping around the house and all this stuff's really fun, like Hogarth try to like make sure his mum doesn't see the hand and like uh, all that stuff. Really good fun, and that's when uh, the agent, uh, agent, what was, his, what was his name? Kent <laughs> Mansley. Kent Mansley, when he uh, shows up and he's like asking questions and he has to like try and shut the door and he's oh, all fun stuff. But it's it's after all that settled down and he's in the barn and he brings in some comic books. And he's like going through some of them, and it, there's some real ones there because he holds up uh, the shadow, I think, at one point, uh, and he holds up something else. So there's a few known things, and I think even like uh, now, of course, I I know superheroes a lot better. I can see the issue of Action Comics. I can I can see the logo sitting there in the yeah. pile. I'm like, oh, is that Action Comics? And I'm like, of course it is because I know where the movie's going. <laughs> and he picks it up, and he's like, no, but this is this is the main guess is Superman, and he he teaches him about Superman. And uh, a big part of the movie, of course, is Hogarth trying to tell the giant that you get to choose who you are. You don't just have to be what people expect of you or what you were built to be. Uh, you know, it, that's kind of a big arc. That's the arc for the giant. Is he he wants to be better than what he's perhaps supposed to be, what he's designed for. Yeah. Um, in fact, that's that's the main scene. They added that because I I think I don't remember in the original like. Ever, whenever I watched this before, I don't remember like necessarily thinking about where he came from as deeply as I did in this time, because the one scene they added was this dream sequence that plays kind of like a memory. Yeah, it, he's kind of projecting it onto the TV. Yeah, he, he's having this memory where we see him on another planet with lots of other giants, and yeah. they're like war bots, and they're killing things, and it's, it's all very kind of apocalyptic feeling. And... Uh, I think it does add an extra spin on to this where it really confirms what he was for before this. Whereas I think originally it was kind of hinted, yeah, okay, he's got all these weapons, he was probably built for that purpose, but you didn't necessarily know for sure, was he ever actually used? Was he like a prototype? Was he the only one of his kind? Like there was all these things that weren't really answered. Whereas this dream actually kind of says, no, 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 he was part of a fleet. This was like, he was one of many. Uh, It's kind of terrifying. Which arguably maybe like actually adds to the theme of the movie where he's like he was one of an army and now he's like an individual. Yeah, I think it does because it's, it's he's managed to stick out from the crowd. Yeah, 
Uh, and all it took was a little bit of innocence from a kid and maybe learning what a superhero was and doing good. And there's a lot and a, of, and a good bump on the head. Yeah. And there's a lot of good little plays on that. Like one of the first things he does that's good is he accidentally like he messes up some train tracks and then like Hogarth makes him put them back put them back down. And it's like I just it made me think of one of the typical things you see Superman doing in the movie, like the first movie, is like you know flying to the you know and sort of finishing the, the train track with his back. Yeah. You know, which I don't really buy that the train would go over his back smoothly, but you know, <laughs> something that it did, and it kind of reminded you of that of him like, so he's like pushing the train tracks down to make them flat again, so the train can go, uh, and of course that's where they set up that the Iron Giant, like if his body parts get like separated, they they all sort of come back to him. yeah, it's got a little home and beacon, a little home and beacon comes up. He said, uh, but no, like him him thinking he's Superman, and there's that great moment. Uh, Later on, where he learns he can fly, or at least Hogarth learns he can fly, because he, he goes off the cliff and he like flies up, and there's like great, beautiful, beautiful shot of them going past his mum, because his mum's like chasing him in the car, because like, oh my son's you know a robot's got my son he, he kidnapped by a giant robot, yeah. <laughs> and she's at the edge of the cliff and it's just going past, and I think that's something that really sticks out for me, and it's something like because these days we don't have a lot of two D animation, and the, the only two D animation I really see. In any great extent, it's probably those straight to VOD DC yeah. animated I mean, movies. I, like Disney are typically, you know, they were, you know, where where you got a lot of it. They're, yeah, they're yeah. the ones that. Once upon a time, the most recent one they did was Princess and the Frog, and that was kind of a weird. Oh, let's do this again because we've not done this in a while. Yeah, and then much. they've not really done it since, have they? Uh, I don't think they've done it at all since. No. Yeah, um, but the reason why I bring those up is like. There's legitimate moments in in this movie where I actually thought this looks great, and f- from a cinematography point of view, as, as weird as that sounds, because it's, it's animation and not cinematography, but that shot of him flying past and her standing there on the edge of the cliff looked gorgeous. It just looked good. It looked epic. It looked cinematic, and it made me kind of realize how some of these animated movies that I've been seeing from DC recently are kind of just standard. They're kind of yeah. easy to shit out, and I, not to put down the people working on those, but. This feels like a movie. This feels like this is a no, money. No, definitely. And I think I think two D animation ages better because I think because with three D animation you can see like if you, if you go back and look at Toy Story, great movie, and then look at you know one of the ones coming out now, you can just you can see the difference just physically. You can just see this has come that far. Yeah, it's, it's same with video games. It's the exact same thing. Right, but with two D animation, there's a good you know. 50 year period where you can look at it and go right, it could be anywhere in there really yeah yeah more or less it it holds up quite well and i think i, I think this movie looking so good is uh perhaps maybe a testament because obviously at the time and even up until like for another decade like we didn't know that brad bird was eventually going to go do some live action movies but sure genuinely really good like ghost mission impossible ghost protocols the best in that series and then you've got Tomorrowland, which you know wasn't loved by critics, but I actually quite liked it. For uh, the most part. I liked it a lot. Again, yeah. kind of follows the, those Brad Bird themes of you know hope. Yeah, hope and optimism, and don't be a cynical ass. And yeah, uh, yeah. So there's a lot of those heroic themes at play here. That there's going to turn because obviously the reason why the town even discovers and why the military comes back is because he jumps in to save a couple of kids who are falling off a building because he needs to needs to help people. He's got to um, be a hero. Uh, the, the moment, of course, that I always uh, tear up at is uh, so 
e- evil evil agent uh, Mansley has grabbed the, the walkie-talkie because the general's actually quite a reasonable dude. He he realizes once he realizes, wait, the kid's alive. You lied about that, and oh wait, the giant's actually not going to attack us if we don't attack him. He's actually quite reasonable. He's like, no, 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 let's stop this right now. We don't have to fight. This is easy. <laughs> uh, we can we can solve we can solve this out with a bit of diplomacy instead of a big massive gun. No, but it's actually it's actually Mansley who is like no 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 he just grabs a walkie-talkie and like talks to the sub he's like no fire fire the missile now, uh, so there's a nuke coming towards and you know Iron Giant has his heroic sacrifice moment, but you know as he's flying up towards it and he's putting his hand out like Superman, uh, and you hear the the sort of the, the line from earlier where Hogarth says you can be whoever you want to be and just before he hits it he says Superman and it's it's this really touching moment and the music's swelling up and it always it always gets to me. Oh no, definitely. I can see what you're saying. It's great, um, man. So no, I, I, uh, I, I cannot praise uh, Iron Giant enough. No, it's it's an excellent movie. It really it's, is. It's uh, yeah, it's it's got and that's another thing. What I just mentioned about the the, the 50s theme is even the idea of them staying up and watching these cheesy horror movies. It feels very 50s. Yeah. Because you know it's, it's it's like a brain's eating the guy's head. This is is super cheesy fifties. Is it's it's just a fifties B movie. Yeah, and I th- I think that's a big part of it is that even the fact that it's a small town in Maine. Like every part of it, like the setting is, it all, it all builds to the point where I could see this being live action. No, I don't want them to remake it live action. But I think you could have like maybe if they trusted Brad Bird with like ten times the budget, they'd have said yeah, just go make it live action. And I don't think it would suffer for it. It probably wouldn't. I mean, maybe maybe the CG of the of the giant at the time. In nineteen ninety nine, yeah, sure, I, yeah. I, definitely. But I, I feel like there's nothing actually about this movie that it needs to be animated. And that, but at the same time, the animation is gorgeous. It looks fantastic. I'm not begrudging it any of that. But I think the reason why I love this movie so much is because this would work either way. It's just that good. It's just the the, the, the oh, is impeccable. The characters are good. Uh, you know, the junkyard guy uh, Dean, like his yeah. relationship with the kids, funny. Uh, his relationship with the mother is pretty good. The mother herself is actually quite likable, uh, and she's not like this antagonist for him. It's... I, yeah, I think that's really rare to see in an animated film. You know, mm. when the, the the mother of of the kid being even a character almost. Most times they're just off screen, basically just going here, have some food, and that's mm. it. They're gone from the movie. Yeah, no, she, she's there, and she 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 has her own thing going on, and. She, like actually, one of my favorite parts of the movie, our favorite segments of the movie, is when Mansley goes full kind of like nut job, and he actually comes and interrogates Hogarth with the, the light. Yeah, I love that and sequence. It's, and it's right in his eye. And then uh, even even just before that, with the montage of uh, like him like oh, so why do you think it'll be a robot sport? Oh, hey slugger, why do you? And it's mm-hmm. like calling all the nicknames, and it's all this really condescending stuff. Uh, which leads to the laxatives, which leads to the funny little segments of him running off to poo at various moments. But my favourite reveal of that whole sort of subplot of him like trying to like get stuff out of Hogarth, it's like he's already called the army, they're coming in the morning, you, and I'm going to watch you to make sure you can't go warn, warn the giant, right? So he's just sitting in the room across, staring at him while he's in bed, and he falls asleep and he wakes up, and he gets up, and I love that the movie expects us to guess that he's like just placed the helmet because he was wearing like a helmet when he went to bed. Yeah. Birth. And he, the movie expects us to kind of guess that he's probably just put some pillows under the sheets and put the, the helmet on the pillow. But I don't think any of us expect that 
because because you know uh, Mansley gets up, he, he looks over his side, he's like, "Ha yes, I won," and then Hogarth just walks you know from the side across across the door. He says, "Hey, good morning," and he just walks past, and it's so perfect. It's, it's the idea that he's already been in Warndom and came back that makes it hilarious. Yeah, because you don't have to worry about any you know oh, chase to stop him. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just like, no moment's been done. It's great. No, it, it's really funny because I, I like that we guessed exactly what he'd done, but it reveals it in a really fun way that we probably didn't see coming. Yeah, definitely. It's a it's a really really nice touch. It's, uh, it, it's got those nice touches throughout. Yeah, yeah. I lo- I love that interrogation scene as well. You know, with the, the the light. It was another one of those you mentioned early on with the flashlight. How it just looks great. Yeah, that moment where you know it's the it's the typical moment in those interrogation scenes where he slaps the light away with his hand. And it spins off on its arm. I was just like, "Damn, that looks fantastic!" Yeah, even whenever the, the giants in silhouette looks really good. Yeah, at nighttime and stuff. I actually, I it wouldn't surprise me. Like, I think because the lightness is so good, I imagine there probably was some maybe some Touching CG up help a little bit. Yeah. At, at the time. I mean, not now. I just, I just mean at the time in '99. Yeah, they probably like drew in the light to a point in the animation and then put in an effect to actually make it shine and make it yeah. pop the way it does. Uh, which is fine. I have no problems with that. Uh, it's just it's no different than Basil the Great Mouse Detective of using CG for the cogs. Like, if, yeah, if, there's, the, if there's something you quite can't quite achieve with the two D animation, yeah, sprinkle in other. Well, elements. I think that's. I mean, we talk about again to go back to comparing this to live action. I think that's something we often find with live action films is if you can't do it practical, yeah, use CG don't overdo it and do everything with cg but there's no harm in using it and it's Absolutely. the same here is there's no harm in using it to enhance something we probably should have talked about this in the spoiler free section but uh, just some of the cast we mentioned vin diesel earlier of course uh, obviously jennifer aniston is probably the, the biggest name well arguably vin diesel's bigger now but it's at, at the, the time, time yeah yeah uh jennifer aniston plays the mom uh also it's funny because I think every time I watch this, I have this same moment of realization: who's playing Mansley? And I, I don't even know the actors. I mean, I'm looking at it now; it's Christopher McDonald, but I, I, I don't know that name typically. Uh, I just, I after a couple of lines, I'm like, "That's Shooter McGavin," and it's Shooter McGavin. Uh, if you're not familiar, Shooter McGavin is a character from Happy Gilmore. Now, I don't typically, you know, pride myself on referencing Adam Sandler films, but there was a time when he made a couple of pretty funny movies and Happy Gilmore was certainly a staple of my early teens so uh, Shooter McGavin <laughs> so uh, and, it's, and he's got a very distinct voice it's really difficult not to hear him uh, also I didn't realise this but the general is played by John Mahoney who uh, is Fraser's dad from Fraser. so ah uh, okay never recognised his voice but I mean, I'm sure no, if I went back I would back never and, have known yeah. if he hadn't told me I'm sure if I went back and listened to it now with that in my mind I probably would oh yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's him it's uh I can almost hear him saying something to Eddie, or you know. Yeah. Uh, but nah, nah, cast is pretty good. Uh, I, I think they all have distinct voices, and I think it it leans to the the likability of the characters, and I think that's a very bad Brad Bird thing. Is with the exception of maybe sometimes his villains, but even here his villain is quite amusing and funny. You know, it, it, his ultimate end is he's a bit of a coward, and he's not actually doing this for his country. He just kind of. It's almost just the thrill of the hunt for him. Like he, he wants to do this to prove himself, not really yeah, about. It's, I think I think anyone. he thinks he's doing it for his country for a yeah. while. Oh like, sure, because, yeah. Because like you know, like that's what he's like. No, this is what I'm supposed to do, and it's only when it comes down to the actual moment where he's like, nope, nope, it's all about me. Yeah, he tries to drive away, and the giant just puts his hand down in front of him, and he crashes. 
Yeah, that's pretty. Right. That's pretty good. That's pretty good stuff. Actually, the whole nuclear thing because the, the, you hear the, the the sirens go off and it's like, oh, the nukes coming. This is your however many minutes warning. Probably less because the submarine's so close. Um, but they really set that up really nicely because in like one of the school scenes early on, there's not a lot of them, but there's a little school scene with like Hogarth like drawing the giant after he's met him, and they're watching like a like a, just a nuclear bomb video, like you know, you know, the, the siren goes off or this is what yeah, a nuclear yeah, bomb does. Uh... One of those infomercials, yeah, basically. Yeah, sort of thing you'd get in school where it teaches you. I mean, I mean, obviously we were born much later. We didn't get these specific type of ones in school because the threat of nuclear war had calmed down a little bit by the time we were Indeed. we were in the in the school system. But uh, you, 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 it sets up the movie nicely though, because when the air raid sounds come, I think it's something maybe I, ha- I hadn't appreciated before. Is how kind of neatly birded set up some of these things early on, so they paid off later. That's it. It's one of those things for you know people who never grew up with that like most of the people watching that movie mm. now where so yeah the, we'll, we'll hear those sirens and, and we'll pro- most of us will probably know but if you're watching this as a kid mm. you, you might not know that so it teaches you in the movie so that when you hear it you know what yeah. it means it's yeah clever. really simple and I, I think he I, I think obviously for yeah for the kids in this particular sense that works really well but even just in like a a regular movie sense. I, th- I think it's just a nice little foreshadowing moment for us as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it just it foreshadows that idea, uh, and the idea that maybe to some this giant represents and to sort of going to Godzilla territory. The giant himself to some people is like, oh, this is basically another because that's actually what he's calling. It. It's like who built this? It's a weapon. The Russians did this. The Russians has to be the Russians. Yeah. Uh, so that, that element's well, kind of in there as well. Well, that's it, isn't it? Because we see he is just walking weaponry. Yeah, because it yeah, transforms and he's got his beams and it's a very War of the Worlds when he's got the three prongs that yeah. come out in there. But he makes the choice. He he actually, like, or Hogarth, like, stops him. Hogarth reminds him of who he is and who to choose to be. And there's that great shot of, like, Hogarth standing against this giant cannon that his arms turned into. And it's, like, the size of a ship, essentially. Yeah, it's <laughs> it is big. huge. He's he's dwarfed by this, this big cannon thing that's, like... Like if if he fires this thing, it's going to make a crater, which is you know a bit overkill for this ten year old kid or whatever age he is. It is good, and obviously I like that moment where we first realise that he's got all that weaponry. Like aside from not including the the dream sequence bit, but you know like later on when uh, he points the toy gun at him. Yeah. And because uh, obviously they're playing superheroes, and he's put the S on himself because mm-hmm. yeah, he, he f- wanted to be Superman, and then he he does his heat vision essentially. <laughs> kind of actually yeah um but he can't control it and he yeah he almost is it's actually dean that jumps in like saves Hobart. yeah it's just a it's just a reflex at that point yeah but uh, you know that's a big deal later on in the movie though is that he actually fights it and he he, he comes well, back from I th- it i think that's why it's important to set up early on even before he, cause obviously we see the bit where the the dent comes out of his head and it's like okay he's reverted to normal mm-hmm. uh, like what he was programmed for he's not damaged anymore but earlier on, when even when he's he is damaged, that that there's that base level instinct of defending himself. Yeah. So it's when you when you fight against it, it, it means that much more because it is such a deep instinct for him. And I, I think what this ultimately you've got hope, you've got the idea of being a hero and all the rest of it. But I, I think what a lot of it boils down to is the idea of communication. Like if you actually try and just talk to someone and teach them right from wrong, they'll learn it. It's, yeah. it's really that simple. Uh, you know the idea that the, the whole idea that if you see something you don't understand, your first instinct shouldn't be to fire your weapons at it, which is basically what 
you know what some characters want to do here. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's actually really refreshing that the general very quickly says, "No, if he's not firing at us, then we don't need to." I, I think it's showing there that you know not everyone's an idiot. He's he's yeah. prepared to take it out because he thinks it's a threat. He's and I mean you don't you don't judge him for go, coming in with the army and you know shooting at him when he thinks it's killed a kid because he thinks no this thing has proven to be a threat. I've yeah. got to stop it. I'm defend. That's defending your country at that yeah. point. He's a pretty reasonable guy because even earlier on, when uh, Mansley's like on the phone to him, he's like, oh, there's a giant. Here's a metal robot, and he's got no proof. He's like, I'm not sending anyone if you get no proof. I'm like, you can't give me anything. You need to give me a photo. You need to give me more than some crazy eyewitness who's got a concussion. Like he's very yeah. sensible. He's making very logical points. We get to the ending, and uh, he sacrificed himself. We jump ahead what was the time jump i can't remember year later two years later something like that yeah something like that. what's it uh and there's, there's a little statue i'll say a little it's just big but it's, it's not to scale of course it's he's, he's uh he's, you know he's maybe 10 foot tall instead of 100 but uh he there's an iron giant statue uh, and the general sent hogarth like the one piece that they were able to recover because you know giant flew into the, the missiles that was up in the you know air coming back down into Earth, and uh, Hogarth wakes up at night, and the, the little, it's basically a little screw is just kind of yeah. like tapping against the window, wants to get out, and you get that final great shot of like all the different parts like coming together or walking towards something in the snow, and I guess I said it was Iceland, yeah. and it, it's they're all coming in, it just camera, it's again, it's, it's again how good the animation is, it feels like the camera's tracking in as if there was a camera, and it tracks in. And the Iron Giant's like beacon is pulsing and the eyes open and it's this happy ending. It's like, nah. And I think what that says to me is like, it's not so much that it's making it cheap where, oh, the sacrifice had no meaning. I think it goes back to earlier in the film where Hogarth explained the difference between a body and a soul. And he says that a soul lives forever. Yeah. And I think it's the idea that, you know, the idea of him hoping, the idea of the giant wanting to help, that is his soul. And because of that, he gets to live Absolutely. I also don't think it undermines it at all because even even with the the sacrifice, he's still been there for you know whatever however long it was. There was a there was a cost to what he did. Well, you imagine all of these pieces were scattered across the planet because they're they, right. Exactly. Yeah. So there was a, there was a cost still. So it wasn't mm. it wasn't like it was was nothing. It wasn't like oh I, I took it and then I'm fine straight away. Oh. It's, no, there was a, there was still a price to pay. Also, comparing this whole thing to Superman, because obviously that's the reason why Superman even comes up, is because Hogarth compares him and he says, oh no, he came from the sky as well, like you, and so on. And he, he didn't know who he was, and you know, after, but after a while he became this. And uh, to compare it to Superman again, when Superman died in the comics, he was gone for a while, and then he came back. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's kind of funny how it neatly kind of parallels to that as well, which is. It is. Yeah. Which I don't even think that was intentional, but it just kind of works. It does. I will say the one thing I was a little bit almost surprised at at the ending is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when inside the box, the part, I thought the part was going to be just the little beacon bit. So it was all going to come to him. Ah, oh, right, okay. I wasn't thinking of having the whole head around the beacon, but hey, just, the, just the beacon bit. To go, to go back to the Superman comparisons, the fact that it's all going to, like, it's not quite the Arctic, but it's close it's, enough. It's, it's close fairly enough, close. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was it's thinking cl- that as well. It's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> is it still in the snow? Is, yeah, uh, it all it all counts. It's all the same yeah. once you get to cold. Yeah, for, for, fortress of solitude, if you will. Uh, but no, I uh, yeah, I, I think I've, I've hit on all all my points that I want to make. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's hopeful. I, I'm always uplifted when I watch it. I, I think it's something that 
most kids should watch growing up. I think I think the the messaging is very on point, uh, but it's also excellently crafted, uh, excellently paced. Um, yeah. And even adding the extra dream sequence didn't hurt the pacing at all. Uh, it very clearly felt like it was always meant to be there. Well, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Those um, bits when I, when I was googling what it was, he was saying they weren't cut because he wanted them cut for whatever reason, and uh, mm. they've just decided to put them back in. It was they'd recorded it all the the sound, they'd storyboarded it, but then because of the the budget uh, and the time constraints, they just had to not animate them. So it's amazing how much is easier is to do the one or two scenes later when it's only just the one or two scenes you have to do years yeah. later. It's like, oh, we could just do this one scene. Yes. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Why not? Spend a month <laughs> on it. <laughs> like, why not? Exactly. Uh, so no, that's Iron Giant. Uh, I love it. I I thoroughly recommend it. Uh, I I have very little bad to say. Uh, no. Even I think I don't want to give away my other favorite animated movies because we'll no doubt end up doing. Yeah, you've you've point. mentioned one of them in here anyway. Have I? You did. We were, t- I... we were talking about some specific cogs. Have it? Did I say it was one of my favorites? You've mentioned it before. Mm, mm. Yeah. Well, whatever. You know, it's not higher than Iron Giant. That's what's important. Um. So yeah, I guess we should uh, do some do some ratings. Hmm. I'm just going to assume yours is a ten then, based on everything you've said. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that's a ten. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it a nine. Okay. It's it's definitely very good, and maybe if I watch it again, it'll be a ten. Yeah, I, I think I think for me it's. Not only is the messaging on point, not only the characters fun, not only is the fifty setting and all the little fifties elements that they throw in good. I think, I think Hogarth's desire to a find something that's science fictiony or horror esque out there, and then befriending it, and then it just it reeks of my like part partly my own personal mentality as a kid, but I think kids in general have that mentality growing up where yeah. they they want things to be good and they they. I, I just it speaks to me in a lot of ways. Uh, so I haven't got any particular reason why it's a nine and not a ten. It's just it's just not quite on on first viewing. But yeah, maybe maybe you watch it in a few years' time and you revisit it. You'll yeah grow might fond stand out and go. You know what? Yeah, this is worth it. But there you go. That that is the Iron Giant. Let us know what you think of the movie in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. It helps us out if you do. Uh, get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Head over to patreon.com slash TV if you want to support the channel and everything we do here. Uh, of course, some of the perks include uh, getting these episodes a week early. Uh, also, the $5 tier lets you vote for a bonus episode every month. The vote for the, the following month's bonus is up right now. The theme is 1987, so all the movies are from 1987. Uh, I'm not going to say them all right now because I can't remember them off the top of my head. Uh, but the winner from last month was Memento, so that's coming up soon. Might even be the next episode. In fact, I think it will be the next episode. Probably will be, yeah. Uh, so you can look forward to that. Um, but otherwise, guys, that is us. So thank you very much once again for watching, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.